Season 2, Episode 9, and you're listening to Ariel's Black and the World Didn't End. Hi, welcome back to my podcast. I'm Zoya, your host, and you're listening to The Black Sprout. This week, we are talking about, drumroll please, The Little Mermaid. Now, a lot of you are sitting here saying, um, Zoya, first of all, why do you always start your episodes off this telling me what I was thinking and what I was saying? Well, guess what, guys? I am talking to an empty room, okay? I'm talking to an empty room. I know it feels like we're on FaceTime together, but I'm literally talking to an empty room. And so play with me, okay? You know, give me some grace. Let me write you a story. Let me paint you a picture. And the picture I am painting you is the idea that maybe you have questions. And so maybe you're questioning why, Zoya, you are talking about a children's animated film. First of all, do not sleep on Disney. Second of all, there is an uproar, okay? The internet has acted like the world has ended and we've all died. And that the biggest issue, aside from the fact that like, you know, there's a climate crisis that we've caused. Actually, let me not say we, because we have to understand that there's like, you know, a bunch like big companies that are polluting the world and you know somehow making it seem like us citizens regular people are creating the most impact and waste and we're not but anyway I digress let's talk about the little mermaid I've decided that I'd like to start and you know give a synopsis I'm gonna tell you a little story give you a little background for those of you who have been living under a rock or under the sea and don't know what The Little Mermaid is, I'm going to tell you. Basically, The Little Mermaid is a musical animated film loosely based on the 1837 Danish fairy tale by Hans Christian Andersen, right? It's the tale of a teenage mermaid princess named Ariel who dreams of becoming human so that she can dance and know how fire burns. (laughs) She falls in love with a prince named Eric and to live um up where the people are she has to sell her voice to a sea witch there's some love there's some hate there's some complications along the way and at the end of the day um she has her happy ending like all great disney movies so we are aware of that story now we're gonna fast forward to today or now right where we just have the release of a 90-second teaser trailer that was released on um, September 9th, but it was about The Little Mermaid, right? So the remake starring Haley Bailey as Ariel. And so you're sitting here saying, okay, I'm confused. Still, Zoya, please explain to me. Tell me. Level with me. Let me know why we're talking about this. Well, I've decided that I'm going to tell you a couple of other things first. First of all, I will be watching this movie, letting you know, okay? And this movie has sparked a trend, right? You have parents recording their young children's first reactions to the trailer. And many of those young girls, right? Here's the kicker, are young black girls. And they are now excited to see a Disney princess that looks like them in a story that they're familiar with. I think, to me, this is reminiscent of Black Annie, right? All these familiar stories with characters that looked nothing like them. All these familiar stories where little girls, especially like black girls and like brown girls were being told that, 
you're not allowed to fulfill these roles because that's just not who these people were. Annie isn't black, therefore you can't be Annie. Ariel isn't black, so you can't be Ariel. First of all, sorry to burst your bubble, but mermaids don't exist. Oh, I know, I know. And next thing I'm going to be telling you, Santa Claus isn't real and I've wrecked your whole entire childhood. I know, I know it's hard, it's difficult. Maybe I should put, you know, an explicit or trigger warning on this video not to hurt some people's fragile egos. However, I've decided to power on and, you know, talk about more things and make more people mad. And so in the spirit of making people mad, let's talk about racists. <laughs> My favorite topic, if you will. Um, mostly because I think that maybe if we call people racist a little more often, we can stop acting like it's a bad word that the like caller outer, I don't know, um, of the person like me or somebody like me calling people out for being racist isn't like the greatest fault to humanity. It's not like a moral failing that I'm calling out racism. If anything, it's a reflection of a society that would rather protect, you know, people's feelings, uh, the white majority, that fragility than to do better and, and change action. So they're mad. They're mad that their beloved childhood character, Ariel, isn't white again right now she's black she's played by this wonderful actress and singer who is wonderful okay like if you watch the 90 second trailer that her voice okay that is ariel i'm sorry okay you may have thought somebody else should have played the part but guess what even the disney directors didn't Haley bailey slayed okay she killed it and also, can we just take in Haley Bailey, Haley Bailey, Haley Bailey? Like her name is so fun to say. Um, and honestly, the directors weren't the only ones who thought that she did amazing. Okay, you have Jodie Benson, who originally voiced Ariel in the 1989 version, taking to Instagram to show her support. Okay, she posted saying, "I'm so proud of you and your beautiful performance as Ariel." Um, hello, was that not the cosign you needed? And then you have people out here so upset that they're creating hashtags, hashtag not my Ariel, which to me honestly is so ironic because it's very reminiscent of the hashtag not my president, which was targeted at Trump. So first of all, uh, when it comes to originality, you failed. Mm, I'm giving you a D. I hope that you feel that uh, burn on your skin of your failure because where's the creativity? Where's the originality missing? And I think it's ironic because I think often when you have, you know, racist people or people who discriminate, they co-opt the language of racialized people so often. Not my president. Um, there were rallies that took place on February 20th, 2017, where thousands, okay, of Americans denounced the occupant of the White House. And at that time, it was Donald Trump. Right. So you're seeing many people carrying signs that say not my president or even resist and chanting like no ban, no wall. So to me, I just sit here and I say like this term or sorry, this hashtag not my president was supposed to call out the president and to show a collective support for people who 
don't want to stand or be represented by racist and misogynistic ideals, by a racist and misogynistic president, by a racist and misogynistic man, that he was not the reflection of the values that they held. And they took it and said, your Ariel is not the reflection of the Ariel I want to see. And her only fault, right? Because it's not like we've seen the movie yet, guys. Her only fault is that she's black. How could that not be racist? Their single idea is to express the satisfaction that a black woman is playing a singing mermaid. I, I Crazy, mind-blowing, if you will. And so to me, it shows when all else fails, when in doubt, respond with racism, right? You have people trying to say, well, scientifically, at the bottom of the ocean, they would be white because they don't get sun. Do you think the only reason I'm black is because the sun touched me? There's not a sunball in my mom's belly when she had me, okay? <laughs> what? Also, guys, we know like 10% of the ocean. You're telling me that every single, first of all, that you know more than 10%. And second of all, that every single creature at the bottom of the ocean is white? Grow up. I, I I think it's so sad, though, to know that there are so many like derogatory like memes and pictures and comments being spread about Haley Bailey. Like, I know I don't know her personally. I don't know her barely. You know, you see what people put out in the media. And listen, me as a journalist, I totally understand that um, these images are like created. And I'm not saying that some celebrities and artists and whatnots and public figures aren't authentic, but you also have to understand that like it is their job to present an image to us and they work on their brand. So I'm not claiming to know her personally, but how much hate in your heart do you have to have to sit there and create such disgusting racist memes? Me, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do what she's doing so graciously to not respond, to continue to show love to people who are celebrating her and not calling out people who are condemning her for something as simple as the skin she's in. Um, Shout out, kudos. She really is that girl. Like, even more so, it almost makes you want to support the movie. I came across this article that kind of talked about the culture war that, you know, the Little Mermaid has sparked and that we're all sort of losers at the end of the day because it's sort of the woke versus the racist. Now, I think that this is a shallow like analysis because we often like to pretend that nothing is ever that deep and like we're making things about race that it makes me want to ask that person who wrote the article, like, would it have been better to, like, cast a white woman so that there was no discussion? I think that this is just the symptoms of a very racist society that we live in. And there are these moments in time where we get exposure. And it is very apparent that every time people want to say we're 20 steps forward, we're only maybe two, you know, that it upsets grown adults, really, so much to have a black girl 
it's not even like we've watched the movie yet. Like, I know I said that before, but I'm saying it again to say, like, did you think, like, do we know even if our favorite songs are missing? Did the plot change? No. Your biggest issue is the casting of the main character. And so I hear what they're saying where it's like, they were saying like, oh, you know, um, Pinocchio just came out and nobody's even talking about that and that in some ways this movie should have had the same result. But if it wasn't going to be The Little Mermaid, it was going to be something else, right? Like this was always going to come about. Like there was always going to be, there was always going to be an, a, a disgruntled person group of people upset with the casting of black people, brown people, you know, Asian people in predominantly white spaces. There's always a pushback. And we have these moments where we like to say, well, you know, maybe we should have just like not rocked the boat. And I'm not saying that they necessarily said don't rock the boat, but that's what I'm getting from it. Right. Like, uh, this is only a discussion because, you know, the main character is black. Well, there was always going to be some movie with a main character being black that was going to upset people. And so now that it's happened, what are we going to do next? Right. What have we like learned from this moment? Um, I think one thing is that we need to stop the homogenization of black, brown, indigenous and Asian people. Right. Like that's really, really important because you have so many people coming forward being like, oh, my goodness. Why did you want to take our precious princess? There is already, you know, BIPOC representation. So leave our princess alone. And what I want you to do now is to think, and let's break it down. The homogenization of, you know, people of color is so wrong because it ignores the direct issues that specific groups are dealing with, right? Like you're sitting here saying that the issues that black Canadians, for instance, are the same issues that, you know, a, a Chinese American is facing. That's not true, right? And yet you somehow group them all together. These stories also, these princesses are taking place in different places. How is it that you have enough? But let's go through the list. Let's talk about who we have. We have Jasmine, Princess Jasmine, which is a hodgepodge of Indian and Arab culture. But we have Princess Jasmine. You have Tiana, who is a frog for half the movie, I'd like to point out, but she's black. You have Mulan, who saved all of China, <laughs> um, right? She's Chinese. You have Pocahontas, who's loosely, and I stress that word loosely, based on a Powhatan woman. So we're talking indigenous. We have Moana, who's Polynesian. And we have Rhea, who's Malaysian. Now, full disclosure, haven't seen Rhea, but um, I guess I've heard good things about her. Anyway, and then we have the rest of the princesses are white. So Belle, Aurora, Ariel, well, not anymore. <laughs> Snow White, you know, and the list goes on. And to me, even more so, these comments are a dog whistle, right, for racism. And I'm going to provide a definition. I know normally I provide them at the top of the episode, but I didn't. Instead, I provided a synopsis. But now we have a definition. Dog whistle politics. This refers to the practice of sending out coded political messages, which are designed to be understood by only a narrow targeted audience. Dog whistles 
in real life <laughs> are instruments used that emit high-pitched frequencies, which only dogs can hear. Human beings don't even register the sound. So in their figurative form, dog whistle messages can be heard and understood by members of certain groups, but not the population at large. Now, this is mostly because being overtly racist in society is frowned upon because it's hard to excuse, right? Like, I know I joked for the last episode and said that, like, there's a million apologies that come out. But I mean, some of these people have to go dark for a while, okay? Like, they have to disappear. But telling somebody, for instance, to go back to their country when they're expressing dissatisfaction seems okay to us because, you know, they're complaining. And I'm saying that because I just made some TikTok the other day about the queen being a colonizer um, because she is. And, you know, she comes from a legacy of colonizers and she benefits from colonizers and where war. I mean, she's dead now, but like war stolen jewels on her. Um, and they were all like, um, babes, go back to your country. And I was like, guys, I'm actually Canadian. Crazy, I know. I know. How dare I have an opinion? How dare I go back to my country and get education? When we should understand that education has probably been the easiest way that we have been influenced by the state uh, to believe and understand certain things, right? Like the omission of genocides for instance is the best way for a society to continue to create a narrative that you know that state is legit right Canada is a perfect example if we continue not to teach and I know it's changed maybe in the last few years but I know for me growing up in elementary school and most of high school if we continue not to talk about the treatment of indigenous peoples on this land uh therefore they don't exist Therefore, the problems don't exist. Therefore, anybody who dares says something different than what we've been told by our precious state is somehow a problem. Anyway, this term, the um, dog whistle politics or like dog whistle for racism, that was popularized in the 90s, but it was really widespread at the time. But do know people were circulating and talking about it a little bit before as well. And I think a great example of this dog whistle politics would be Donald Trump. I know. Surprise, surprise. We're mentioning him again. Um, you can definitely see throughout his campaign, his racial charged language, especially in like 2016. I mean, throughout it, but like 2016, especially. Right. Because this is the campaign. This is when he was coming out. This is when he was rallying his people with such targeted language. And I think that even more so people who would sit there and say, Listen, Donald Trump did some great stuff. He's not that bad. I think that you should think there's a problem with a person when groups like the KKK and the alt-right uh, somehow find uh, familiarity with his rhetoric, uh, somehow find comfortability with coming out of the woodworks and attending his rallies, um, supporting him, giving money. Like I think you should think that there's a problem with a person when the people that are supporting him uh, follow such extreme and harmful ideologies. So many people have accused Donald Trump of this, right? Because of the way that he shares his feelings and they are just covered and smothered in racism and xenophobia, right? Even Ronald Reagan would have been accused of this uh, because, hello, Ronald Reagan. Anyway, uh, when I was doing research and Ronald Reagan's name popped up, I automatically 
thought of Boondocks. Anybody who knows me knows that I love that show. I am not typically a rewatcher of things. I have a few favorites, but I don't know. I'd rather watch something new. Boondocks, I've literally watched like five or six times. I wrote about it in university for one of my papers. Like I love the boondocks. Like I love it. It's so good. Um, and so for anyone who doesn't know about it, it's like a social commentary, black people gotta love it. Gotta love it. Anyway, uh, actually Regina King is in it too. Okay. Watch it. Anyway, there's this bit in there that I wanted to share. So it goes like it starts with this. So Huey Freeman, one of the characters, I'm just going to like read it uh, like the script. These are all characters in the show. Just understand. Get the gist. Anyway, so Huey Freeman setting the scene at a party full of white people. Excuse me, everyone. I have a brief announcement to make. Jesus was black. Ronald Reagan was the devil. And the government is lying about 9-11. Thank you for your time and good night. The white people riot rich woman it can't be true anyway funny so what i think i think really at the end of the day the biggest focus is what this black ariel means for you know the black community and for black people ariel's story isn't based nor does it revolve around her skin color right pick any other brown black or non-white character and a huge part of their story is based on their culture or skin color. Mulan's story makes sense because she saves China because she's Chinese. Stripping that away would have a different story. Like, that's not Mulan anymore. That is Mulin. <laughs> I'm joking. Guys, I, maybe it's late or something. I crack myself up. I remember growing up, I was chatting with some girlies we were kikiing and one time uh one of them was like talking about somebody else and they were like oh my gosh this oh my gosh that and they were like and you know the worst thing is she laughs at her own jokes and I was like sorry to you know stop the flow of the conversation just have to say it put it out there you know can't really be a hypocrite um I laugh at my own jokes and they were like so yeah no but you're funny no but it's different whatever I laugh at my own jokes, okay? I think I'm the funniest person. I think that if I had a comedy show, um, I would have the whole audience roaring. In fact, today I had to take the bus to work and, um, you know, the bus driver was, you know, crossing a main street. And so he asked me if I wanted to be let off before the lights or after the lights. And I was like, oh, let me off after the lights. I have to cross this, uh, like the street to get to the bus over there so he's like okay great he's like no just wanted to make sure he's like you know you know so many people are like growl at me and like get mad at me and I was like oh no no, no don't worry like yeah thank you so much he's like yeah like it's just a lot sometimes and I was like don't worry I took my happy pills why did the bus driver bust a gut he was laughing so hard I was like okay sir like that wasn't even my best stuff okay maybe free bus ride like <laughs> at least give me something for my my show clearly I put on a performance today anyway have a good morning have a great one next time I see you smile a little bit more anyway um that being said Ariel's story is not based on her skin color nor her culture she lives under the sea loses her voice um to get with a prince that is the gist of the story right like people are like she's Danish but that has no, like, even the food, nobody knows what she eats. Sebastian is like Jamaican. <laughs> it is a hodgepodge of things going on. Everyone knows that Ursula is basically black. 
Okay, I know they're casting some white woman as Ursula instead in the remake. Uh, maybe that they switched it up. They were like, okay, we got to put a white woman somewhere. But it's not based on her culture or her skin. Jasmine wouldn't make sense if she, I mean, I guess if you're Indian or Arab, it doesn't make sense. But the storyline makes more sense because of where it takes place. Tiana only makes sense because of her skin color and her culture. Okay, like there's a part at the end of the movie and somebody had pointed out in this um, TikTok, you know, video I was watching where they were responding to like a lot of this racist comments and rhetorics and analysis or so they thought is like at the end of the movie, the loners uh, like the bank loaners were telling her that, you know, somebody of your background, maybe you should give up the dream, yada, yada. Like it is because of her skin color is because of who she is that the story makes sense. Okay. And while I do have some issues with utopian movies that love to erase the impact of race at all, I'm thinking like, you know, Mr. Malcolm's List, I just finished watching that. I'm not saying it wasn't a good movie, but like, okay, we're set in these olden days and there's no race, nothing, conversation, impact. Everybody's just living, loving and learning. Okay, I guess. I I think it's nice to see um, a Disney movie that isn't another like black or brown woman not receiving the love that she should and having to fight battles because of the skin color she's in. I think that uh, me as a black girl, but like, you know, we're used to seeing stories revolving around struggle um, with skin color, right? It would, it's nice to see something that has nothing to do with that. And yes, I know we're saying, Zoe, but didn't you say oh, you know, about commenting about the article. It's not important. I think it's nice to have something that's meaningful and impactful and unexpected for people who expect not to see themselves so often. That, you know, that they're always fighting to be seen, that they're always. And I think that more importantly, the best takeaway you can take is that the directors literally talked about how Haley Bailey was the first audition and the only one who could play the part. She is Ariel simply because she's the best. She's Ariel simply because she's the best and that angers so many people, you know? I think that it is time to continue to see the best doing these jobs, right? Like not getting it because of nepotism, not getting it because you could pay your way, not getting it because you are the version that people want to see, but because simply you are the best. Well, that was this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, Make sure to follow us on socials. Okay, that's Black Sprout, B-L-C-K-S-P-R-O-U-T. Um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, join the newsletter. I send them out bi-weekly. If you don't get an episode, you get a newsletter. How perfect is that? Gifts every Sunday. I am a giving person. And as always, interact with the podcast, okay? Let your thoughts be heard. Let me know. And my inbox is always open. My favorite thing to do is to open in them and see messages from you guys. Love it. Living love it. Anyway, stay tuned for the next one. Bye.